Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Jazz Takar. Toronto native Jazz Takar has been in the sales and service industry for over 25 years. Soon after deciding to try his hand in real estate, he co-founded the REC, and in the course of 15 years has successfully propelled his team to the first place position in Canada under Royal LePage. In my interview with Jazz, we discuss how coronavirus is affecting the real estate market, steps realtors are taking to protect home buyers and sellers, and how home buyers can still view properties if they aren't comfortable seeing them in person. Without further ado, here's my interview with Jazz Takar. Hi Jazz, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing, Sean. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, my pleasure. Really excited to be chatting with you today. Originally, we had a great list of questions that we were going to go through, but I just thought with the current coronavirus or COVID-19 situation that it would be great to speak with a successful realtor like yourself and just get an idea about what's actually happening out there. So super excited to be chatting with you about what's going on in the market in terms of COVID-19. I couldn't agree with you more. It's a great pivot on your end because I think it's very timely. And there's a saying, if you want God to laugh, tell her your plans. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Well, I can definitely use a good laugh right now. (laughs) (laughs) Can't we all? Great. Let's get started then. So before we jump into the COVID-19 questions, I just thought it'd be interesting for the listeners to hear a bit about your background. So can you share your story about how you became a realtor and what you enjoy most about being one? So I've been a realtor for coming up to 15 years now. Myself and my business partner run a team of 25 realtors that span right across the greater Toronto area. So for your out of city and out of province, out of country listeners, that's a that's a 75 kilometer radius and we help people with all things kind of real estate from buying selling and investing I've been in sales and service for 25 years and so I decided to get into real estate because I personally wanted to start investing got my license and said ah you know what I mean it's kind of in my wheelhouse the sales and service aspect I'll start practicing it and then exactly 10 years ago we, we started to build out a team and we have 25 realtors and and it, it's all always been around the people. It's, it's, it's always been about the people. So my core staff, my media team, along with my realtors, and then the clients I get to serve on a daily basis, help them through challenging times like we're going through now. And then obviously very, very uh, happy times in their lives when they moved into their first home, got a bigger home, invested, started building out their portfolio. So that, that's by far the number one reason why I love real estate so much is it, it's the people. 
that's great to hear. And thanks so much for sharing your background there. And you kind of touched on it, which leads perfectly into the next questions. Certainly, we are going through a unique time right now. I don't think anyone could have foreseen coronavirus affecting day-to-day life like it is right now, but it is what it is. That's what we're dealing with right now. Hopefully, it's over sooner rather than later. But like I said, just be interested to hear um, your perspective since you're actually like, you know, boots on the ground, you're a realtor yourself. So uh, yeah, just have a number of interesting questions regarding that. So I guess my first question is, how is coronavirus affecting the real estate market currently? And feel free to answer it from a Toronto perspective. But if you have a perspective to share across the rest of the country, that would be great as well. Yeah, so I've been lucky enough for the last 15 years to be working with purchasers and investors right across the country. And so I do have a pulse on what investors and purchasers are looking for, what they're thinking right now. I, I stay in touch with a lot of investment savvy realtors right across the country as well. But specifically in the greater Toronto market and the real estate market from a macro perspective, Sean, it's still too early to tell what is happening in terms of the numbers. We have some slight numbers that came in yesterday from the Toronto Real Estate Board and we'll talk, we'll touch on that. But it's only really been about 15 days here in the greater Toronto area that we've had kind of a lockdown. And see, the real estate market doesn't act like the stock market where you have daily, if not, if not sometimes like hourly fluctuations. You can't day trade real estate really like you can stocks. And so I do still think it's, it's early to tell what kind of effect this is going to have on the real estate market. But in that 15-day period, we have obviously seen less sales. But that makes sense as people should. And depending on which side of the fence you are, if, if we should all be Locked down, or 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 you know, there's 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 Sweden, Sweden that's 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 not taking the same type of thought process around around COVID that like North America is, but people are staying home in the greater Toronto area and across the country. And so you're not going to go out and see homes. Sellers don't want as many people walking in their home. And then if there's a, there's a property on the market that has tenants, well, and there's a lot of stuff that we need to deal with from that perspective. And so we have seen obviously less sales on the board, uh, a Toronto real estate board. Specifically, it's been down by about 15% from what it was in 2019 in the same period. So March 15th to 2020 to March uh, 31st, 2020, the amount of sales has gone down by 15% compared to 2019. Now, 2019 of March was one of the busiest times. But keep in mind, what I really want your listeners to hear there, Sean, is, is that the amount of sales have gone down, not the value of your home. Sometimes what the media will portray, and if it, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, is, oh my God, uh, real estate has gone down by 15.9%. So people, because most people are headline readers, will come to the conclusion that values, my house price went down by 15%. And that's just not true. Yeah, th- thanks for explaining that. And honestly, 15%, like as in one five, not 50%, that's yes. not a big, that's not a big drop as far as I'm concerned. I mean, certainly it would be better if the home sales weren't down by 15%. But yeah. honestly, based on how everyone's in lockdown right now, depending on where you live, I don't think 15% is a, a big drop as far as I'm concerned. 
Not, not at all. In fact, we should be staying home. Like if you don't need to buy a home right now, then you probably should be doing your part for society and staying home. However, there is a lot of people that sold their homes pre-March 15th and, and, and even before March 1st. They already sold their homes. They had a closing date already set and they're closing and, and the title offices, law offices, everyone's open and, and working from home. And so tran- title can be transferred. But if they can't go out and find a home, they're going to be homeless. Not everyone has family around. And so if you're in that situation, you definitely need to be out in the marketplace and trying to find yourself a home. Great. I guess I'm, what I'm hearing is it's really motivated like buyers and sellers that are mostly out there. Would that be a fair comment? Yes. Motivated buyers and sellers. So buyers from the perspective of needing their principal residence. And so they need a place to call home for their family and sellers who've already purchased pre-COVID and they need to now sell their home. However, what I've learned over the 15 years, and if you, even if you go back further now and with the internet, it's very easy to do, is that times like this create some very compelling buying opportunities for investors as well. Because as one of, you know, an arguably the best investor of our time, Warren Buffett says, when everyone's greedy, you should be running away. And when, when everyone's scared and fearful, you should be greedy. And, 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 and look, I don't, I don't mean to sound like you're trying to take advantage of people. That's not what I'm talking about. But there's definitely some compelling investment opportunities that are starting to present themselves because people are a little bit more motivated to either sell from the, the perspective of having their own investment property and they now need to or want to get rid of it or builders who had pre-construction projects, they're getting more, a little bit more lenient on their deposit structure, which allows investors to get in and put down less and see a higher return on their investment. Well, I really like those words of wisdom from the great Warren Buffett. Yeah, great to quote. Thanks for sharing that with the listeners. Moving right along, it seems like the list of essential services is changing on like a weekly basis or even on a daily basis. But from what I heard from the most recent changes, realtors are still on the list of essential services. Yeah, just from your perspective, I just wanted to understand how has business changed? How's the life of a realtor changed since that list of essential services came out? Now it's been the second round of the the list of essentials here in our province of Ontario. And yes, uh, realtors did uh, make the list uh, both times. And look, in the real estate business and realtors specifically, they're generally built to to have the ability to work from home and really work from anywhere. I mean, if you look back pre-internet, we had to do agreement of purchase and sales like through fax machines. I mean, we all had them set up at our homes and or even, you know, you see a home late night and you're doing kind of the offer on the trunk and the hood of your car. And so not really like an office is not really needed. I mean, it definitely helps from a cultural perspective, but most realtors that I've spoken to and, and that I'm noticing kind of on social and, 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 and so on and so forth are working from home to actually show homes to those most motivated buyers and or help motivated sellers sell their home where we're doing everything virtually, right? And so a lot of viewings are done virtually. There's been hundreds, hundreds of sales in the last 15 days right across the greater Toronto market where the buyer didn't even, or the tenant, because we also help tenants, realtors do, and landlords was all done virtually. And so Zoom or WhatsApp video or any other kind of camera that you can think of or any other platform that allows somebody sitting at their home to see the home is what realtors are using. 
again, that is one of the reasons why sales have gone down slightly because of the fact that not everyone is able to touch, see, and smell the home. But there's still many cases, and we're taking all the precautions from Health Canada, from our Toronto Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, as well as Canadian Real Estate Association, to make sure that if we are physically taking a buyer to a home, that we are asking a lot of questions. In fact, we're actually asking them to sign off on forms that they haven't left the country. And if they did, where did they go? Did they quarantine themselves? And obviously, we're taking the basic, basic precautions, which are now basic anyways, which kind of always should have been washing hands, having tons of hand sanitizer with us in our cars at the homes. We ask the listing agent. So we would, that's the agent that you would see the for sale sign on someone's lawn calling and saying, Hey, do you have like hand sanitizer set up? And we're being extra careful. We're actually asking the listing agent to, to, to perhaps ask the seller to turn on all the lights. Um, so we're not touching light switches. We're wiping down doorknobs as we enter and exit. So there's some, there's some extra precautions that we're taking that, that, that we normally didn't have to think about, but we're in a little bit of a different world right now. Great. And you actually led perfectly into my next question for you. You don't have to answer it again, but I just wanted to get, I guess, a, a bit more insight into this. So like what other specific steps are realtors taking to protect home buyers and sellers from COVID-19? Like I heard that like open houses are no longer yes. being held. Like for example, I'm just curious about like things like social distancing, because we've been told to stand six feet apart or a hockey stick apart. I yeah. kind of find that funny adding the Canadian twist to it, but uh, <laughs> I didn't even hear that one before i you yes, know what Sean, i'm gonna have to use that one from you my man i like that <laughs> yes uh, on at all the parks they say stand a hockey stick length apart from each other <laughs> only so. canadians only canadians <laughs> exactly I love so it. <laughs> so yeah social distancing cleaning electronic <laughs> signing for contracts virtual yeah. meetings just curious about what steps realtors are taking to protect their clients uh, right now. it's a lot of asking questions it really starts there and, and it starts with have you left the country first and foremost is there anyone in your family that lives with you have they left the country and if and if the answers are yes to any of those questions then we don't show the property physically again then we go down the virtual route and look canadians in general right like i mean we're very very conservative and we're just we're very nice people and, and very understanding for in, in the big scheme of things. And, and most people are getting it and they're saying, yes, I did go away and I don't want to see the, I, I, so I understand that I can't see the home where, as I mentioned, we're actually asking both buyers and sellers to sign indemnity forms to make sure that they haven't left. And then everything is done really virtually from a signing process. We're not even spending the time. So let's just say we take a buyer in and they like the home. Then we're asking them to go back to their home and we're doing everything through services like DocuSign. And there's a bunch of other platforms that do virtual signatures. You know, what we're really trying to do is just minimize the time that we're with each other physically. Um, that's really kind of the macro thesis around this all that is let's limit the amount, the amount of time we're spending with each other physically. No, that sounds great. Anything we can do to help lessen the spread of COVID-19, I think is great for all of Canadians. So that's wonderful to hear that realtors are taking those extra steps. Just as a follow-up question to that, how can home buyers still view properties if they aren't comfortable seeing them in person? Like I've heard about virtual showings. I guess you could look at yeah. photos as well, but I'm not a realtor like you. So just curious about all the different ways to see properties right now if you don't want to go actually in the flesh. Obviously, you can start with photos, but 
not all photos tell kind of the same story. Good thing is, is we've been doing virtual tours for a very, very long time, maybe probably coming up to a decade now. And they've gotten that much more effective with additions like 3D tours. There's kind of like the the dollhouse effect to these tours where you can see kind of from, like from a higher viewpoint. And so you can actually see how the rooms are laid out. You can see the sizes. And then realtors are still, if there's a buyer that's interested, is going into the home and actually doing kind of a FaceTime where they're getting on the phone and they're calling the buyer and saying, okay, just click the video app and let me walk you through this home. Let me show you exactly like I have one realtor on my team that's spending a lot of time with even showing like okay there's a there's a little nick here on the on the baseboard on the flooring this home might not work for you because we have seen other homes because of the fact that i know your furniture is not going to fit so hopefully if you are a buyer you have seen some homes with your realtor already which would essentially give them a sense of what you like and what you don't like. And then while they're walking through it, they can tell you kind of the, the advantages and the disadvantages, the pros and the cons of this specific home. I actually also think that if you can wait a few weeks, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Again, this is for somebody who's really motivated that you have to find a home, you need to move because you might be homeless. But if you're not, then look, I the government here in Ontario was, and, and really in Canada has been saying, okay, let's, let's do this really hard lockdown for a month. We're already six, seven days into this at the time of this recording. And so I know it's tough, but guys, we're already a week in, right? And so if we can wait out another couple of few weeks where there's a good chance, a good chance, and I'm very optimistic that we get out of this and, and, and we can start to see homes and, and really get back to normal life again. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I guess you kind of see it as short-term pain for long-term gain. So if we just kind of last the next few weeks, hopefully everything will at least be closer to normal by the summertime, I'm hoping. Yeah. And, and it might be in stages, right? Who knows? Like we might go back with masks and everyone's going to be in masks, but I have not spoken to anybody that wouldn't take that all day long. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> if I could see you, Sean, and you're wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mask at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, one last question for you. How do you see COVID-19 affecting the real estate market short term, such as in the summertime and in the fall? I've heard some speculation that perhaps the busy spring market might get moved up to maybe the summertime or the fall, depending on when the restrictions get lifted, as well as how do you see it affecting the real estate market long term? Like, do you kind of see that pent up demand coming out later in the year? Like, I know it's kind of hard to predict with everything that's going on since COVID-19 is changing on a daily and sometimes hourly basis. But, you know, as of the time of this recording, we'd just like to get your perspective on how you kind of see it playing out this year and beyond. I think if we're all kind of back out and normal back into that summer fall time as you mentioned there's definitely going to be some pent-up demand and i'm talking specifically in greater toronto area before we got into covid so that this using that same time frame of mid-march uh, so from March 1st to March 15th, we saw 11.1% increase on, now that's home prices, like that's actual values from the same time last year. That is actually the number on that you really want to look at because that's how much values went up. And the reason is, is because the fundamentals here in the greater Toronto area are so strong. We had, and we were slated, and I don't know how much that's going to change. I think it's too early to tell in terms of immigration stats. We had close to 200,000 people coming to the greater Toronto area year after year for the next 10 years. So that's 2 million people that are going to be in the greater Toronto area for the next 10 years. 
we need approximately 50,000 households because the average person, average family comes with four. We were building 35 to 36,000. So just basic supply and demand. We had lots of demand and very, very little supply. And so because of the fundamentals, we don't manufacture really anything here in the greater Toronto area. And it's all kind of service based. This is where a lot of the jobs are. So people want to come here because you can get a job. So now once we get back to it, and, and back to kind of normal life in that fall market. I mean, are we going to see the same immigration stats? No, maybe not. It's going to take some time for, for, for us to open up our borders fully again. And we're also going to see some people that obviously lost their job. However, when we look at the increase in appreciation, that was based on people needing principal residence. They just need a place to stay. And so that's not going to change significantly because people need homes. And so I, I actually see in the long run, we won't maybe see that 11% increase year over year, but I think let's cut it in half. Look, just for argument's sake, if you see a 5% increase year over year, say starting again in the fall and then even a year after that, that's a still a very, very steady market where like, you're not really seeing that in any other type of investment world where you're seeing 5% year over year increase. It's not the 11 but it's still 5%. And so in the long term, the fundamentals are very strong here in the greater Toronto area. In Canada in general, um, there's some pockets and some, and some cities that weren't seeing necessarily an appreciation of like anything pa- above 2%. But most of the country was still seeing 3% and above. And here, in, again, in the greater Toronto area, in the long term, we are going to still see that, in my opinion, that 5% year-over-year increase. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing your insight today, Jas. It's been great having you on the show. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? I appreciate you asking me, Sean. I produce approximately 15 to 20 pieces of content daily on all different social platforms, which is YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And I would love for any of your listeners to go check out the content. It's all free. I don't charge for anything. I don't have a coaching program or like a real estate package or anything like that that I sell. I just, I give all the value up front through my, my 15 to 20 pieces of content daily really the easiest way so you can choose your own platform either through video audio or the written word is if you go to jazztakar.ca it's jazz j-a-s-t-a-k-h-a-r.ca you can choose your own platform on how you like to consume content thanks for listening to another episode of the burn your mortgage podcast besides being a podcast host i'm also an independent mortgage broker If you or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. 
I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.